Please turn to uh, Hebrews chapter 7. Hebrews chapter 7, if you're using a pew Bible, it's on page 1207, page 1207. We're going to read from Hebrews 7, uh, verse 20, into uh, chapter 8, and down to verse 6. Hebrews chapter 7. Beginning our reading at verse 20. And it was not uh, without an oath, for those who formerly became priests were made such without an oath, but this one was made a priest with an oath by the one who said to him, The Lord has sworn and will not change his mind. You are a priest forever. This makes Jesus the guarantor of a better covenant. The former priests were many in number because they were prevented by death from continuing in office. But he holds his priesthood permanently because he continues forever. Consequently, he is able to save to the uttermost those who draw near to God through him, since he always lives to make intercession for them. For it was indeed fitting that we should have such a high priest, holy, innocent, unstained, separated from sinners, and exalted above the heavens. He has no need, like those high priests, to offer sacrifices daily, first for his own sins and then for those of the people, since he did this once for all when he offered up himself. For the law appoints men in their weakness as high priests. But the word of the oath which came later than the law appoints a son who has been made perfect forever. Now the point in what we are saying is this. We have such a high priest, one who is seated at the right hand of the throne of the majesty in heaven, a minister in the holy places, in the true tent that the Lord set up, not man. For every high priest is appointed to offer gifts and sacrifices. Thus it is necessary for this priest also to have something to offer. Now, if he were on earth, He would not be a priest at all, since there are priests who offer gifts according to the law. They serve a copy and shadow of the heavenly things. For when Moses was about to erect the tent, he was instructed by God, saying, See that you make everything according to the pattern that was shown you on the mountain. But as it is, Christ has obtained a ministry that is as much more excellent than the old as the covenant he mediates is better since it is enacted on better promises Amen May the Lord bless to each and every one of us the reading uh, and hearing of his own word Uh, This morning uh, we looked at one particular stage in the exaltation of Jesus that is uh, the session of Christ or uh, maybe easier for us to understand uh, his sitting 
at the right hand of God uh, the Father. And uh, we briefly touched on this morning how theologians speak of these four stages in the exaltation of Jesus. Uh, the first stage, his resurrection. Second stage, his ascension. And then what we considered this morning, the third stage, his session. And then the final stage, which is yet to happen, his return. Uh, well, um, I'm not going to go to the return of Christ or the second coming uh, this evening. I want to branch off from what we considered uh, earlier on uh, today um, from the session of Christ uh, to think about the work of Christ uh, during his session, what he is doing while he is sitting at the right hand of the Father. And theologians refer to um, uh, the offices of Christ and it's one of these offices that we want to think about. Uh, they speak about three offices of Christ uh, in his work as mediator, um, his, his work, uh, his office as prophet um, and then as priest and then as king. Um, first of all, let's look briefly at the offices of king and prophet, uh, prophet um, because I want to concentrate on his office as priest, uh, but in particular, um, the the work of his intercession, the intercession of Jesus in his office as priest. This morning, uh, we thought about the exalted Jesus, uh, that he continues uh, to work, um, but now he is no longer working as a servant as he did uh, when he came uh, upon uh, this earth, no longer as a servant in uh, sacrificial obedience. Now he works as Lord and King. Uh, and his work as mediator uh, goes on, uh, but now it takes a, a different form. He works uh, as prophet, priest, and king. And these three offices, uh, they were all... Uh, foreshadowed. They were pictured for us uh, in the Old Testament uh, among the people of Israel. Uh, there were prophets uh, such as Moses, uh, the first major prophet, uh, priests such as uh, Aaron, and kings such as uh, King David. And the prophet's uh, office or the prophet's work, um, he spoke God's word to the people uh, the, the work of the priest, um, he offered sacrifices and prayer uh, and praise to God on behalf of the people uh, and the office of the king. Uh, the king ruled over the people, but he did so as God's representative. These three Old Testament offices were all shadows of Christ's work in different ways. Uh, and when Jesus came into the world, when he came, did his work, he fulfills all of these three offices. As prophet, he reveals God to us, and he speaks God's word to us. Hebrews chapter 1 and verses 1 and 2, uh, the writer tells us, Long ago, uh, at many times and in many ways, 
God spoke to our fathers by the prophets. But in these last days, he has spoken to us by his son. So the Lord Jesus fulfilled the role of prophet uh, as priest. As priest, he offered a sacrifice to God on our behalf. And the amazing thing is, is that he himself was that sacrifice that he offered. And then as king, he rules over the church and he also rules over the universe as well. First of all, Christ's office as prophet, um, it continues now in his exaltation as our mediator. First stage of his exaltation was his resurrection. Uh, and uh, when he was raised from the dead, he continued in that office, in that role. He continued to be active as a prophet after he was raised from the dead. During that period, during the time of his appearances, uh, on various occasions and to many people, he continued, what? To preach. To preach to his disciples in those 40 days right up to the time uh, prior to his uh, ascension, revealing God to his disciples, speaking God's word. He was doing the work of the prophet, fulfilling his office as prophet. And through uh, all that he said and all that he did, they came to learn more about the person and about the work uh, of Jesus in that period after the resurrection many things that they hadn't understood before things started to fall into place they came to see the 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 real significance of his life and his death in a completely different way because now they were learning from him they were listening to him they were being taught by him in the light of the resurrection that had then taken place jesus reveals himself in such glory and wisdom uh, to his disciples that we have the confession of uh, Thomas uh, that, that uh, nobody else had made before this uh, when Thomas uh, speaks to him in John 20 and verse 28 and calls him his Lord and his God. Nobody else had made that uh, confession prior to this point. As prophet, he continu continued to reveal uh, God and in his various appearances uh, between his resurrection and the, his ascension as prophet what he was doing was he was explaining explaining to his disciples what their future work would be as his witnesses they were to go, to go out they were to preach repentance uh, and forgiveness of sins to all the nations beginning at Jerusalem uh, Matthew 28 and verse 19, Acts 1 and verse 8. Uh, and he gave them all sorts of instructions, all sorts of explanations. So that in Acts 1 verse 2 we're told, Until the day when he was taken up, after he had given commands, verse 3, speaking about the kingdom of God. So in, in this period or this stage of his exaltation, he's continuing his role as prophet 
His teaching as prophet during this time can be really summed up in, uh, by Matthew 28 verses 18 to 20. All authority in heaven and earth has been given to me. Go therefore and make disciple, disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you. And behold, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. He has been given all authority, all power, on the basis, just as we thought this morning, on the basis of what he had accomplished in his life, his sinless obedience, and his sacrificial death on the cross. And he now uses that authority and power for the benefit of his church, for his people, giving his disciples the instructions on how to make disciples, baptizing and teaching all the day had been instructed, uh, taught by him. And then, next stage, I'm going to test if you're awake. What's the second stage in his exaltation? We've had the resurrection. I think I hear it. I'm deaf in this here, but I did hear ascension, didn't I? So second stage in his ascension, after his ascension, he continues. He continues to be active as prophet. Jesus, by his spirit, continues the work of prophecy. How? Through his disciples. Through his people. Through their preaching. Through their teaching. By the spirit of truth, he leads them into all truth. John 14, verse 26. The helper, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, he will teach you all things and bring to your remembrance all that I've said to you, everything that I've taught you. So he's, he's, he's carrying on this work, this office, this role through the Holy Spirit, through his followers, through his disciples. John 15, verse 26. When the Helper comes, he will bear witness about me. John 16, verse 13. When the Spirit of truth comes, he will guide you into all the truth for he will not speak on his own authority but whatever he hears he will speak and he will declare to you the things that are to come verse 14 he will glorify me for he will take what is mine and declare it to you the Holy Spirit guiding and directing God's people under the instruction of the Lord Jesus who continues in his role in his work as prophet. So as prophet, Jesus, by the Holy Spirit, continues to equip his disciples to bring the scriptures uh, of the New Testament into being. Uh, and so uh, along with the, the, the Old Testament, we have there the, the lamp and the light for his church. Jesus gives this word to his church and he does so as he's carrying out this office as prophet. Through, through them, through uh, the direction uh, of, of the Lord Jesus, he preserves his word, he distributes his word, he explains his word, and he interprets his word. And through this word, he is the one who makes the nations his disciples. He teaches them to walk in his commandments. 
he gives his church or he, sorry, he guides his church and he makes his truth effective in the hearts and lives of his people by his word and by his spirit Christ is always with us as he promised even unto the end of the age so he's not gone he's not gone he's still at work he's still active in his role as prophet Jesus wasn't merely uh, a messenger of revelation from God like uh, all the other prophets he himself was the source of revelation from God the word of the Lord came to the Old Testament prophets but when Jesus spoke he spoke on his own authority as the eternal word of God John 1 verse 1 who perfectly revealed the Father to us as he tells his disciples in John 14 and verse 9 and the writer of the Hebrews chapter 1 verses 1 and 2 so Jesus in his role as prophet in his work as mediator secondly Christ's office as king continues in his exaltation indeed his kingship is more clearly uh, apparent in his exaltation uh, than it was in his humiliation it was still there but it's, it's more clearly revealed to us in his exaltation he is the one who is the king over Zion. Uh, Psalm 2 and verse 6, I have set my king on Zion, my holy hill. He is king over his people. He is king over the church. Uh, the, the angel told Mary in Luke 1 verse 33, he will reign over the house of Jacob forever and of his kingdom there will be no end. Matthew 2 and verse 2, the wise men came seeking the one born. And who were they looking for? The one born king of the Jews. Which so troubled Herod that he killed all the male children in Bethlehem. And all that region who were two years old and under. Jesus told Pilate in John 18 verse 36. He says, my kingdom is not of this world. And so he refused, and we see him before this, refusing any attempts to make him an earthly king with military or political power. Uh, John 6 and verse 15, um, after one of the miracles, perceiving then that they were about to come and take him by force to make him king, Jesus withdrew again to the mountain by himself. The time was not yet. The time was not ready. Um, Nevertheless, he did have a kingdom and he announced his kingdom in his preaching. Uh, Matthew 4 and verse 17. From that time, Jesus began to preach saying, repent for the kingdom of God is at hand. Verse 23, he went throughout Galilee teaching in their synagogues. And what was he doing? He was proclaiming the gospel, the good news of the kingdom. He is the king of the people of God. And so that's why he allows his disciples to shout out in Luke 19 verse 38, Blessed is the king who comes in the name of the Lord. After his resurrection, God the Father gave Jesus, as we considered this morning, he gave Jesus the 
far greater authority and power over the church and over uh, the universe. 1 Corinthians 15 verse 25, Paul says, He must reign until he has put all his enemies under his feet. He is reigning. He is reigning now. But his authority over the church and over the universe will be more clearly seen and recognized when he returns to earth in power and great glory. 2 Thessalonians 1 verses 7 and 8 uh, says, When the Lord Jesus is revealed from heaven with his mighty angels in flaming fire, inflicting vengeance on those who do not know God and on those who do not obey the gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ, the King is going to return. In Revelation 1 verse 5, he is called the ruler of kings of the earth. Again in Revelation 17 verse 14, he is Lord of lords and King of kings. And on that final day, we are told again and again that every knee shall bow to him and confess that he is Lord. Even though now, not all things are yet subjected to him. At the end, whether willingly or unwillingly, every knee and every tongue will acknowledge him as king, as king of kings. And then thirdly, uh, and what we want to focus on this evening, um, Christ's office as priest. And his office as priest continues uh, also in his exaltation. Uh, the Old Testament priests were appointed by God to offer sacrifices, prayers, and praise to God on behalf of the people. Uh, and because of the work of the priests, the Old Testament priests, this then uh, allowed the people to come into the pre presence of God, albeit in a very limited way. When we come into the New Testament, Jesus comes as our great high priest. Uh, and the letter to the Hebrews highlight, highlights this work of Jesus as priest. Hebrews uh, 10 and verse uh, 4 uh, gives the limitations of the Old Testament sacrifices and the Old Testament priesthood. And um, the writer says, it's impossible, impossible for the blood of bulls and goats to take away sins. Hebrews 9 verse 26 gives the fulfillment of what the Old Testament sacrifices and the priesthood were pointing towards. They were speaking about Jesus. He has appeared once for all at the end of the ages to put away sin by the sacrifice of himself. Those Old Testament sacrifices, the priesthood, all that was taking place there, they were pictures. Uh, they were types, shadows, pointing forward to what Christ was going to come uh, to do for his people. But as priest, uh, in our reading earlier on, in Hebrews 7 and, and 8, as priest, he offered a perfect sacrifice for sin, complete and final, never to be repeated, never to be added to. Uh, and this is one of the major themes uh, of the letter to the Hebrews. Hebrews 7 verse 27. Once for all he offered 
And who does the offering? It's the priest is the one who offers. Once for all, he offered. And he offered up himself. Hebrews 9 verse 12. He entered once for all into the holy places, not by means of the blood of bulls, or, or sorry, of the blood of goats and calves, but by means of his own blood, thus securing an eternal redemption. Hebrews 10 verses 1 and 2. The law was but a shadow of the good things to come instead of the true form of these realities. Hebrews 10 verse 10. We have been sanctified. We have been made holy through the offering of the body of Jesus Christ once for all. Hebrews 10 verse 12. But when Christ had offered for all time a single sacrifice for sins, he sat down at the right hand of God. And Hebrews 10 verse 14. For by a single offering, he has perfected for all, all time those who are being sanctified. So Jesus was both the priest who offered the sacrifice, and he was also the sacrifice that was offered. The Old Testament priests offered sacrifices and another aspect of the role is that they represented the people when they came into the present presence of God. So they were offering sacrifices but then they were also representing the people in the presence of God. And Jesus not only fulfills this but so much more because he not only represents us he doesn't go before God on our behalf representing us as the Old Testament priest did he actually leads us into God's presence that's why we, we don't need a temple we don't need a temple we no, long, no longer need a priest uh, to stand between us and God the Old Testament priest entered into the Holy of Holies in the temple. But Jesus, he has gone into the heavenly Holy of Holies, into the very presence of God himself in heaven. Only the high priest in the Old Testament, only the high priest could enter into the Holy of Holies, and that only once a year. Through Jesus we have a far greater privilege. When Jesus offered himself the perfect sacrifice for sins, what happened? What are, what are we told happened next? The curtain of the temple was torn in two from top to bottom. Luke 23 verse 45, indicating that the way, the way of access to God in heaven had been opened through or by the sacrifice of Jesus. Jesus has opened the way for his people to enter the Holy of Holies. Just think about it. That we can so easily, because of him, come into the very presence of God. Hebrews 10, verses 19 to 22. I thought Stanley at the prayer meeting 
was going to give my sermon. He, he, he did most of it. Uh, Hebrews chapter 10 uh, and verses 19 uh, to 22. Therefore, brothers, since we have confidence to enter the holy places by the blood of Jesus, by the new and living way that he opened for us through the curtain, that is, through his flesh, and since we have a great, high, a great priest over the house of God, let us draw near with a true heart in full assurance of faith, with our hearts sprinkled clean from an evil conscience and our bodies washed with pure water. Not just one person once a year, but look what it says. Us, let us, let us enter, let us draw near. Jesus has opened for us access to God so that we can come into his presence at any time, in any place, in any situation, without fear, but with great confidence and in full assurance of faith. Another part of the work of the priests was to pray, to pray on behalf of the people. And again, in Hebrews, the writer tells us that this is what Jesus continues to do for his people. As priest, he offered a sacrifice, that is, he offered himself. As priest, he not only represents us, as the Old Testament priest did, he not only represents us in the presence of God, he actually leads us into the, the presence of God. And as priest, he prays for us. He makes intercession for us. The intercession of Jesus. Hebrews uh, 7, we read earlier. Um, Hebrews 7, um, beginning at verse uh, 24. Um, but he holds his uh, priesthood uh, permanently uh, because he continues forever. And then verse 25. Consequently, he is able to save to the uttermost those who draw near to God through him, since he always lives to make intercession for them. The Apostle Paul tells us something very similar in Romans 8, verse 34. Christ Jesus is the one who died more than that, who was raised, who is at the right hand of God, who indeed is interceding for us. Does God know that I'm struggling with all this preparation for an exam? Does God know that I'm, I'm struggling at work? Does God know that I'm struggling at home? Does, does he know that I've got all these difficulties and problems? Does he know that I'm so confused about this, that uh, and the other? Why did he say, don't worry about tomorrow? Because while all these things are running through our heads and, and annoying us and troubling us, he tells us he's praying for us. He's interceding for us. The word that is used by the writer to the Hebrews here in Hebrews 7, 
verse 25 and again by Paul in Romans 8 and verse 34 for intercession or interceding it, it has the, the sense of of making specific requests or petitions before someone it's not just general father bless Joe hope he has a good day father Joe has this particular problem and I'm asking on behalf of Joe that you would help him that you'd guide him that you'd direct him that you'd equip him that you'd give him everything that he needs to bring him through this specific requests, petitions on behalf of his people Jesus lives he lives in the presence of God the Father and we're told here that he is continually making specific requests bringing specific petitions before God the Father on our behalf God could just look down and observe what's going on and then just put it on the table it's there just provide for us but rather he has chosen to act in response to prayer faith through prayer glorifies him prayer is pleasing in his sight and it's Jesus the true man the perfect man who is the one who is continually praying and therefore continually glorifying God the Father through prayer and Jesus is praying for he's interceding for those who put their trust in him as their saviour as the only mediator between God and men because he's not only man but he is also God he is such a great high priest he is such a great high priest and he can hear the prayers of his people whether they're in Mosley or in Moscow or Madagascar or in the, the Middle East no matter where it is whether those prayers are spoken out loud or even spoken only within our minds because he is God he is God and he can hear all the prayers of his people all the time and all at once millions and millions who are praying to him at any one moment and that is why it is so misguided and of absolutely no use for any who pray to Mary or to any saint or any other created being in an attempt to reach God or to have their petitions heard because the simple fact is I think I've said it here before the simple fact is Mary is not God Mary is not God Mary was a created being just like you and me she cannot hear all the prayers that are offered up in her name but here's the reality and here's the truth we we have a great high priest Jesus who can hear 
who does hear and is delighted to hear all who call upon him and he brings our prayers and our petitions to the Father but not only that he's interceding he's praying too he's praying for us as well he is a sympathetic high priest he knows us through and through he has lived here himself he's been there done that I don't think they had t-shirts in those days but he's been through it all he's been through it all he has worked here and now he is the one who represents us who makes intercessions for us at the throne of grace and sometimes our prayers can be be mixed up with selfishness and the wrong motives and sometimes even very foolish but Jesus prays for us according to his father's will so we can be encouraged that his requests for us on our behalf they will always be granted because he prays according to the father's will one theologian has said it is a consoling thought that Christ is praying for us even when we are negligent in our prayer life that he is presenting to the Father those spiritual needs which were not even present to our minds and which are often uh, neglect we, we, we often neglect to, to include in our prayers and that he prays for our protection against the dangers of which we're not even conscious and against the enemies which threaten us though we do not even notice it he is praying that our faith may not cease and that we may come out victorious in the end so no matter how we are this evening no matter how we might feel this evening whether we come here and we're greatly disheartened or greatly discouraged or we're confused or we feel lonely perhaps even a sense of being overwhelmed our Lord Jesus our great high priest this very moment is interceding with the Father on our behalf for our particular and specific needs some that we're all too well aware of others that we haven't even got a clue about we're in his hands and no harm will come to us that he has not appointed for us and he will give us the grace in our time of need Jesus is exalted he is at the right hand of God the Father he is continuing in his offices his work as prophet priest and king how great he first loved us how great he continues to love us Amen. And Heavenly Father, we pray that you would continue to remind us of all these things uh, that we've considered over this Lord's Day.
the various stages of uh, exaltation of our Lord Jesus um, from humiliation to exaltation and the the work of uh, of his uh, in his offices as prophet priest and king he continues in that work on our behalf and particular uh, particularly in his role as our great high priest father there are times when we struggle with prayer uh, we're told that the, we've been given the holy spirit and when we we have such struggles that the spirit uh, strives with us and for us on our behalf and helps us to pray uh, but even uh, more than that uh, in the very throne room of heaven and the Lord Jesus himself is interceding uh, on our behalf Father help us to have this boldness and confidence that when we come to in prayer that um, our Saviour uh, our Redeemer is, is there with us and helping us um, close with a our benediction from Luke chapter 24 and it might not be a, uh, a usual for uh, a benediction but it's uh, it en- Luke's gospel ends with a blessing um, Luke 24 verses 50 to 53 and we're told then he led them out as far as Bethany and lifting up his hands he blessed them and while he blessed them he parted from them and was carried up into heaven and they worshipped him and returned to Jerusalem with great joy and were continually in the temple blessing God Jesus here pronounces his blessing on his disciples but he also pronounces his blessing on his church the benediction of our great high priest and having received his blessing what did they do? they worshipped him so let us leave our time together looking to him worshipping him praising him blessing God thanking God for all that we receive through him and because of him Amen